0: Episode 119 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans, topic-specific, weekly, not-attached-to-current-events, c- not-a-slave-to-fashion podcast. I'm Mike Salosi, and I'm your host this week. And with me are, I guess this is a reunion of our Quintet episode, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So it's the Quintet Trio.
0: Sure, that, that <laughs> is a little bit confusing, because <laughs> the Quintet and Trio are... Not the same, but uh, those two voices you heard were first, Hilary Andruff. Hi, everyone. And second, Robert Fenner.
1: As always, better Red Ranger than Dead Ranger.
0: <laughs> All right, now, um, this week's game is Chroma Squad, which is the third game of our three indie games that we're covering for January in our little indie month. And Chroma Squad is a straight up parody of Super Sentai, which is better known in the West as Power Rangers. Um I, I now I don't want to get too deep into uh tokusatsu and sentai but um because that's a passion of mine and I know I could talk about it for a full hour on a podcast if uh prompted but we need to go get into it a little bit. Um super sentai is a Japanese series of costume superheroes doing goofy like poses and special effects fighting that's been around since 1975. And it's genre the that genre of thing where, you know, Um, is uh, in in Japanese television and film where they have uh, live-action superheroes and monsters with a combination of practical effects and special effects, which uh, is called tokusatsu, which is the Japanese word for special effects. And everything from uh, Godzilla films to um, Power Rangers TV shows are in that tokusatsu genre. And I'm a big tokusatsu fan. And this game was made by big Tokusatsu fans, you, and it's you, um, it's pretty easy to tell. It's a the studio that made it is a team in Brazil. Uh, I forget what were they called. Uh,
1: it is Behold Studios, the right. uh, creators of Knights of Pen, Knights of Pen and Paper.
0: Right. Um, Behold Studios is based in Brazil, I believe. That's which right. um, which makes sense at some level because Brazil has had um tokusatsu adaptations uh before north america has they had i know that they've had uh they had brazilian portuguese dubs of sentai shows at least as early as the as 86 87 um i because, wonder if
1: that's related to the post world war 2 diaspora because brazil has one of the largest populations of uh settled japanese in the world
0: possibly i i think that's um I think that's more coincidence than uh mm-hmm. the, than the diaspora because the I mean specifically Sentai adaptations I think were first in uh I think the first couple were in like the, the, uh, Singapore or the Philippines and then okay. a and then a couple European countries got them France got yeah. uh got Bioman like the 1983 or 84 Sentai uh dubbed in French which is again a full decade before North America got Power Rangers so. But anyway, it's a very weird, very specific kind of TV show, and uh, at, and Super Sentai, at least, which has gone over 40 seasons and started in the 1970s, is always about a team of color-coded, costumed superheroes who uh, right wrongs and fight as a team and undergo team drama and eventually summon a giant robot to cap off all of the action. <laughs> so... That's where we're starting from here. Uh, Chroma Squad is a parody slash homage to Super Sentai and Power Rangers. And, uh, and uh, Robert, you were mentioning before we started recording that uh, they even got in trouble with Heim Saban, the uh, the production studio that makes Power Rangers. Is that right? Uh,
1: yeah, apparently so. Um, so I, from what i underst- from what I understand, that they, uh, I guess Doctor Soap used to have a name a little bit more similar to Haim Saban, and um, oh, okay costumes were shaped a little bit uh more more like the costumes that you found in mighty Morphin power rangers um, that
2: makes so much sense mm, okay. yeah <laughs>
1: and they um they were they received a letter from savan's uh copyright team asking them to you know do something about it apparently uh despite them they, they joke about it a lot on social media and a little bit in the game uh, i think Behold studios have gone record to say that actually s- they were pretty friendly and easy to deal with okay cool. um Maybe they're just saying that because of uh, contract uh, <laughs> agreements, but uh, yeah, so that's why we see uh, a nod to um, Saban's Power Rangers on the title screen.
0: Right. And, oh, and I know, and I, maybe I should mention this, uh, Sentai is just a word that means um, task force or squad, so mm-hmm. it's so Super Sentai is really just super squad, is what the name of the whole franchise is. And-
1: task force, that's so hip-hop. <laughs>
0: And uh, um, and the production company that makes Super Sentai Toei has has several superhero um, shows under their uh, uh, under their wing, including Kamen Rider, which is probably the most popular um, Tokusatsu show in Japan. It's uh, Kamen Rider shows are always higher rated than Super Sentai, even though there's there's been more Super Sentai over the years.
1: It's got that cool motorcycle, huh?
0: Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Except for the one season, which was a uh, a Knight Rider reference, where he had a, a talking car instead of a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Common Rider Drive. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good season too. All right. Uh, part of the fun of Chroma Squad is that you get to sort of design your own team of rangers. And uh, um, right, basically, right at the beginning, your uh, your player characters are a group of stuntmen. we making a show under the direction of Doctor Soap, and they don't like how Doctor Soap is doing the show. It's a uh, it's it's like they're having him transform right at the beginning instead of build up drama there's no dialogue or story they're they're frustrated at how weak this Tokusatsu show they're on is so they all quit and decide to make their own TV show um and and in doing so they they find an old warehouse that they're able to that they're able to use and a uh and a big cool looking device called Cerebro that they decide to plug in and and have it and and use as sort of a central prop to their mm-hmm. uh, um uh, to the TV show, it's like, and it the way they use it is sort of like you know, like Zordon in Power Rangers, just this big <laughs> ominous machine that is uh, that guides them, that guides them, and is a, and you know, is also provides the voice of of the narrator, or
1: Cerebro from X Men. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I guess that was a copyright that they didn't have to deal with, but <laughs> and and from there you uh, you basically record TV episodes of your own uh, of your own Tokusatsu show. Uh, you get to design everything from the suits to the you have to buy cardboard to build to make to make your giant robot and uh, but then the game takes a bit of a of a crazy story turn but which we will get to but first, I have to know just the most basic question of all, starting with you, Hillary, what five colors were your rangers, and what did you name your team
2: all right, so I actually had my leader as brown and then i had like a light green and a light blue and purple and pink just because the way awesome i don't know yeah the way the formation looked together was i don't know i just liked how it looked kind of in the title screen and when they were all in a line so (laughs) there you go
0: there's no wrong way there's no (laughs) wrong way to do it you pick the colors you want it's like like sentai itself has a lot of weird traditionalism like red is always the leader or the Mm -hmm. most important character um (laughs) like black rangers are always men pink rangers are always women but we don't have to deal with any of that now this is just do it however you want um and uh Rob what was your uh, what was your five colors
1: um you know i think i'm really boring and i went with the default i i don't
0: <laughs> I, i'm i'm sure
1: that i knew that you could change colors but now that i'm thinking about it like if i think if i knew that or if i paid more attention i probably would have done so so it was um red black yellow um pink and uh blue um we were all women and we were called the naughty squad naughty squad assemble was our uh battle cry
0: nice oh and now uh, hillary what was your team name i think i glossed over that
2: um, no problem um so i just switched it from the default which i think was mighty incorporated to mighty mighty incorporated because one wasn't enough <laughs> <L.
0: laughs> she's Mate Mate, um, but that no that, that's <laughs> your uh that's your studio name what about your team name oh
2: whoops yeah um Actually, I think I kept that at the default because I was really after seeing the title screen and like I was just very excited to get started. So I think <laughs> I loved it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think you can change your team name and your at, uh, any, time. at any time. Yeah, anytime. Cha- yeah, you can't change your uh, your color combination though. They, they they set that from the beginning.
1: Yeah, your actors are locked too. I was uh, a little bit surprised by that, but uh, it worked. It worked for me.
0: Yeah, and uh and I should mention uh my team was red, black, uh light blue, purple, and white. Which is um yeah, you you know. <laughs> and I and I named the team the Sorcerer Rangers. Cool. So, Cuz yeah, I'm not sure why. It just it just seemed to work. <laughs> uh but uh, like and, and and just part of the fun of this game is just making your own team and ha- and you get to choose their catchphrases uh, for both for when they um, transform and when they summon your giant robot and for when they do their super attack because you know po- like poses and calling out ridiculous attack names is part of Super Sentai one hundred percent it wouldn't be hmm. it without it wouldn't feel right without it and and in general I think they incorporate it pretty well into the gameplay and combat so. Um, Basically, Chroma Squad is a strategy RPG that takes place on a uh, on, on a grid of squares, similar to your Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics. But there's a lot of fun twists to the stri- to the strategy gameplay elements. Um, uh, starting with you, Rob, uh, what did you think of the basic bones of combat in this game?
1: Um, they are very basic bones. Uh, yes, this is a it's, an, it's a no-frills strategy game. Um, you, you're you not really worrying about um, different weapon types too much. Uh, all terrain is flat. Only got a limited amount of verbs. However, um, I got along really well with it. Because um, I'm, I'm a big dumb guy. Although I'm fascinated and I'm very much in love with um, Tactics Ogre, I'm horrible at it because of all of... <laughs> everything you need to keep track of in that game. So, um, a strategy game that is, that allows you to just, um, you know, go and wail on guys in sort of a basic way. Um, I, I get on with that very, very well. It's one of the reasons why I liked is Gaia. I mean, even though that has intricate systems, you can just be be wacky in that game. And the, yeah, the simplicity of, uh, of Chroma Squad, I felt was very, very well executed. um, in what it set out to do. So um, I I actually had a lot of fun with it. Um, it only really started to grade on me at the very, very end, but we'll get to that later. But um, for like the nine of the 10 hours that I spent with it, um, it was loads and loads of fun.
0: And uh, Hillary, like, um, what were your basic thoughts on the combat in this game?
2: They were pretty similar. Um, a, a lot of my thoughts were just covered. One thing I'd add is the extra sort of features, like the teamwork and the team attacks <laughs> were really nice. Like they fit the theme really well and they didn't, they were still pretty simple, which was nice. And I liked the way that the simple sort of episode gameplay, I think that was a good choice given that you have all the studio stuff that you can do in between episodes as well. Cause I never felt like I had to spend too much time either in episode or doing crafting. I could kind of strike a nice balance without getting too overwhelmed. Hmm
0: we will get to the studio stuff in a, in a minute yep. but uh, one thing you mentioned that I do want to talk about is the teamwork gameplay there's a basically a teamwork button that your characters can use instead of attacking or or moving at any time oh and and, and if you move without acting you get to move a second time for which is which is helpful if you want to just travel across the screen in in uh, in, in a large amount but like the teamwork button basically your character will just go into a pose and if one character is posing in teamwork then if another character attacks near them they can join for a team attack or a character can walk up to them and the character that ha- is in the teamwork pose can like like pick them up and throw them or have them jump off their shoulders which is a very very sentai thing and um, yeah exactly and uh, if you have all five characters teamwork next to an enemy then at the end of the turn uh, you'll you'll have your five man special attack which is a uh, w- um which is, you know, just a, a big rainbow f- nonsense flash. That's very entertaining. That's uh, very <laughs> powerful, and sometimes is even incorporated into the director instructions. Which is a, yeah. which is a, uh, which is a very cool feature. And um, uh, Hillary, you also it's mentioned that yeah, you
1: know, that's that's that, that's kind of lifted wholesale from it, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, sorry, oh. I've interrupted you. Uh, are you talking talking about the tossing or the director instructions?
1: Um, the, uh, uh, the, uh, combos from, uh, lining oh, yeah. up, uh, mm-hmm. in, um, you know, in, in, uh, teamwork mode.
0: It's a little different in Disgaea because it's, uh, a. Yeah. um, all you need is positioning and you don't, and, and without the teamwork button. And, mm-hmm. and Disgaea does have, um, picking up and throwing, uh, mechanics as well. <laughs> oh. But, uh, the, the teamwork button is a, is a fun mechanic that you can also twist around a little bit, uh, because, like, the, uh, um, your support character also gets a free heal whenever she, whenever he or she uses teamwork. Yes. But uh, um, you mentioned earlier that uh, it's, frame, it's framed as episodes. Basically, um, it, because you're a studio, you're filming episodes, and you're, uh and every fight is an episode of your show. Which uh, so like every standalone fight will have a little contained story. And uh, something called director instructions, which are special tasks that will give you bonus audience points and uh, perhaps even bonus uh, bonus damage or other or e- other extras if you um, if you complete those director's instructions during the battle. And the, and some sometimes it's sometimes it's fun like uh, defeat a couple enemies before you transform, finish off the boss with a team attack uh hit the boss three times with regular attacks before killing them. Like like a lot of just a lot of little semi arbitrary tasks. And also you have uh an audience that grows as the you know uh that, as the show goes on and at the very end you earn money from your advertising campaign based on how much audience you got. So and, and then that ties into sort of the second phase of the game, which is the studio gameplay, which which uh which is you know all of the tinkering and all of the manipulation that you do to your studio and to your team in between episodes in between battles so I'm listening uh, to
1: that smooth goofy bossanova
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's, a, it's you know, the studio music is pretty is is pretty smooth i i enjoyed it if it was, if the, that song had been annoying that would have been a real problem because you're spending a lot of time you Ultimate. know, a lot of time crafting cardboard <laughs> for your mech and uh, and uh <laughs> yeah. and you know and and gluing suits together and and everything so um w- uh, starting with you hillary like w- what jumped out at you about this uh the studio parts of gameplay
2: um the crafting aspect i mean i have a lot of crafty <laughs> friends so i was immediately drawn to that um and the materials were all pretty entertaining. I loved beating up enemies and getting like Play-Doh and duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just, it was interesting how there were the different components to it. Like you could combine a bunch of duct tape to get better quality duct tape. And at the same time, you could also buy packs of materials. So that was kind of nice. That there were multiple avenues to get what you needed especially at, at later stages where you needed difficult to get or more specific things.
0: Early on, i found the crafting frustrating, especially because most of the way to get materials is through random drops. And even the boxes yeah. that you buy are randomly assorted uh, boxes of materials.
2: Duct-tape loot boxes.
0: Yeah. You don't get you don't get, <laughs> get duct-tape loot boxes until... Um, oh,
2: yeah, that's like a couple seasons in or something. Yeah.
0: Maybe not. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, we shall also mention, the game is divided into five seasons. And I, and I don't think you get the duct-tape box until maybe season three. So sometimes getting getting tape is a little or cardboard or uh, whatever specific material you want is a little is a little challenging early on and also but also um outside of crafting you uh you have you get to choose individual actors for each of your characters that have different bonuses and you uh and you have to um hire an advertising campaign that will affect how much money you earn from each episode and how and how much and how quickly your audience grows and a couple other things there's there's quite a lot to do in the studio segments of gameplay in between the uh, in between recording episodes.
2: Yeah, and answering emails.
0: <laughs> right. Oh God.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and.
1: Uh, Reading those mean tweets at the end of each battle.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, you get you get to like at the end of each episode, you get uh your Twitter reactions to the battle, and sometimes they're hilarious. And uh, again, this was a Kickstarter game. I, I did not give to this Kickstarter, but I wish I had. It was, I think, 2014 or whenever this was going on was when I was, in a, when I was a little bit disenchanted with Kickstarter after spending too much money on Kickstarters um, before then. But uh, a lot of people that gave to the Kickstarter get their names appearing in emails or in those tweets or even as NPCs in the game because you know, several episodes have an almost random guest character appear. Uh, and, and many of those are Kickstarter backers.
2: Yes, like the vendor guy at the convention center.
0: hmm Who they, they try to buy cupcakes from a hot dog <laughs> stand, which is an interesting strategy. Yeah. Uh, or that but... dude who
1: just flies up to a roof.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you, you got to give your backer rewards. I wasn't a big fan of this kind of thing. You could really uh-huh. see. Um, it was really obvious what this was, and I'm I'm never a very very big fan of it. But you know, whatever, it's harmless. It's. Uh, I,
0: th- I think it's fine for the Twitter harmless. reactions because. Uh, yeah. I mean, getting you know, I don't, I don't know, Cloudfan1881 saying, "Man, Chroma Squad is the best! Great episode!" is is a fine little <laughs> shout out. But but having the uh, the NPCs come out of nowhere was, uh, I think, a, a little grosser than the Twitter stuff. And and responding to emails sometimes, sometimes I was almost touched by the email responses because yeah. like because um, some of them are 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 you know quite funny, like someone complaining about minutia in the show, but if you respond to them positively, they immediately turn into fan into fanboys and uh and one that I thought was quite special was there's a a a girl who is afraid of the monsters on the show, so you can spend fifty dollars or something to send her a uh to send her a, a mecha a, toy. To send her a mecha toy, <laughs> and then you're, and then you're, if you do that, then then the the parents will just say, oh, thank God that that mecha toy is now her guardian at night. I'm gonna tell everyone I know about the show, and then you get plus 50 audience or something. It's like, that <laughs> that was quite sweet. But um, the the incorporation of fake social media, I was very amused by, and uh yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm always I'm always amused when you see that. Like I I even love the uh like when when there's dumb texting or something in a video game like like, like the texting in Tokyo Mirage Sessions and Persona 5 is mm. are is something I really adore so it, it 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 makes the game feel a little more grounded even though those games are you know frankly you know ridiculous sci-fi fantasy nonsense but I
1: lo- I lost some audience when I shut down somebody's preferred ship
0: Oh you did? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Wow! I, I started losing so I audience. an
1: email saying like I've gotten into a fight with my friend because I say that these two are together, but she says that these two are together. Mm-hmm. So you got to tell me uh, who is who's together. And I think I said like, well, nobody's together. And they oh, like, well, come on! You know I'm gonna tell all my friends to boycott. <laughs>
0: oh no! You should have known better, Robert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did know better, and I did it just to be uh,
0: just okay. a jerk. Okay, that, that, that's better. <laughs> be I, a um, I lost a lot, of, a lot of audience towards the end because I built up a very large audience by the uh, final season. But then I switched to the advertising campaign that gives you more and more money, but you lose audience every episode because it's full of product placement. Oh yeah. And, and what uh,
2: is that advertisement agency called cuz there's a great name.
0: Of it, all, all of them are goofy references. One, one of them is uh, is basically uh, shield from the Avengers and one of them yes. is basically one of them is basically Shocker from Common Rider. Uh but I like they, how the
1: very first one is just like your friend Joe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or like like your dad's accountant friend or something, but it's a uh, yes. Yeah, but uh, hey, I... you, you you get bigger budget advertisers as the game moves on and um the exploitative money one I did that for about three episodes in the last season and it was, but then I got a little bit disheartened by losing so much audience. So I switched to a more normal one after that. <laughs> what What else is around the studio sim stuff? Uh,
1: you're as well as uh, crafting and, and answering emails, you're also upgrading your studio to, to be better and better. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're you uh, you you get more hit points by upgrading your health insurance.
2: <laughs> I love that. I, which I really Um, <laughs> Got to get lights. that gold
1: health plan. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Better lights give you better critical hits. Some of them even transform the studio. Like if, if you upgrade your green screen, you see like a much more, perf- like it starts out as like, it looks like Billy and Jimmy's Warehouse from uh, Double Dragon when you start the game. and <laughs> As you upgrade it, it, like you get more and more uh, uh, nice uh, technical technical aspects you get a really nice green screen and, and uh, lights and boxes everywhere and it really looks it really comes together in the end and it was, yeah it, um, it does and it's getting so the cool. bonuses and watching it's yeah
2: yeah the way it looks yeah. does change i remember being super excited when i finally got a vacuum cleaner and i could see that like the studio <laughs> was being cleaned
0: <laughs> and, you and get,
1: there's you... a cat that hangs out too
0: yeah and i think um uh, uh, one other thing that you get to customize in this game are the actors playing your main characters, and they, yes. uh, they 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 each have different stats and different upgrades. And if you hire if you upgrade your vacuum to a cleaning crew, then some of the unused actors that you didn't hire are the cleaning crew. So I, so I guess oh, you know them. yeah. So I guess it's yeah. a little it's a little bit challenging finding work sometimes uh, being an actor in uh, in Chroma Squad City or or whatever the setting for is <laughs> for this game. I don't I don't remember I don't remember exactly how they work. But uh, l- let's talk about the individual episodes a little bit, because sometimes the plots are just hilarious, and the monster designs get a little goofy in this, in this game, which is something I enjoyed very much. My personal favorite was the, uh, the pigeon costume, which is a very, yes. mu- a very muscular woman uh, with a large pigeon costume, and uh, she flies by flapping her own arms. Not wings, <laughs> j- 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 just muscly arms, musly, just musly arms stand- uh, sticking out of the pigeon.
2: And she's she's the friend of your whoever you choose as your assault mm-hmm. uh, ranger,
0: right? Which oh, is pretty nice. <laughs> oh, and a, yeah, quick aside. Uh, there's there's five roles that your rangers get, and you assign roles to different actors at the beginning. And like, like like I think I mentioned, your support ranger gets has healing moves from her teamwork. The assault ranger deals more damage. The lead ranger has more health. The uh, techie ranger gets to use skills more often because to reduces cooldowns. And then the scout ranger is the most agile one that can do more evasion and more counterattacking. So yeah, those are your five basic characters. Uh, and uh, so, so Rob, did you have a favorite monster or a favorite uh, episode scenario? Cause sometimes they're pretty amusing.
1: Um, you know, I, I really did like that first boss, the uh, box with boxing gloves quite a bit. <laughs> um, but like, I guess if I had to pick an absolute favorite, um, oh God, there's so many. I mean, like there's Ironing Man, who's Iron Man, but he's a he's a flat iron. Um, but I guess my absolute favorite—I can't remember her name. It was something like Fish Girl, and it's like a lady in a bikini <laughs> with like a fish head on top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, she she has like charm spells to to uh, seduce your teammates. And um, a that, very
0: interesting that, take on a mermaid or siren, I would say. Yeah,
1: that really worked on me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is just a random reference but have either of you seen red dwarf
1: i have yeah
2: there's there's an episode that like takes place in some better than life simulation and the cat imagines like a mermaid girlfriend that is (laughs) a fish on top like that (laughs) oh that's
1: awesome um there there was there was another show here um featuring i'm not sure if it was some of the same writers but craig uh craig charles was in it called captain blood it was like a pirate sitcom and um he he uh he gets a mermaid girlfriend, and she's a traditional mermaid. But he has to, um, he has to fertilize her eggs outside of her body.
0: Oh, that, that, <laughs> that is how it works for many fish species. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway. Yeah, sorry
2: for the tangent.
0: <laughs> and I, I also liked the uh, the dancing bear that was basically nothing except a, a bear that could jam once in a while.
2: <laughs> I liked the like dramatic pauses whenever he danced. <laughs>
0: yep. And how the music changed and, like, they yeah. zoomed in on him really quickly.
2: <laughs> just as another... I, I, I looked that up to
1: see what that was about. Apparently that was a Kickstarter um, reward as well. Sure. I gotta say, that's a pretty good one.
0: Mm-hmm. See, so Kickstarter rewards aren't all bad.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh. oh, but while I'm thinking you were about saying, it... Hillary? Oh, the music, actually. I know we talked mm. a little bit about it, but, like, even from the theme song at the very beginning, like, I really enjoyed the music in this game a lot. It just got me very pumped up to get through the game and, like, keep working in the studio or doing an episode, whatever I was doing.
0: Yeah, they even they, they even had have
2: classic artists as well, didn't they?
0: Some what? Sorry.
1: Uh singers who are known to uh Tokusatsu to oh, uh, oh possibly to I'm... The, uh, the title screen song and the ending song.
0: That that could be true. I mean there are I know there are recurring bands and artists that have sing sung Sentai songs uh, in the past and and the opening to this game does have Japanese lyrics. But mm-hmm. I I, yeah. I didn't I didn't recognize the singer cuz I I am uh I, I guess I don't pay much attention to the singers for Tokusatsu shows compared to other aspects of those shows. Um but uh,
1: maybe I'm mistaken. It looks like the no, guy who sang the theme song is uh, Shuka Yama who uh uh is just sings in some games. It looks like he sang some songs on the Gungrave soundtrack.
0: But um we should mention this game is full of sentai and and Common Rider and Power Rangers references everywhere. Some, uh, like, for for example, uh, I'll, I'll just do a couple, but I, I don't I don't want to list them forever. Um, one of your uh, assault special moves near the end of the game is Battle Fever, and Battle Fever was the name of the 1978 or 79 Super Sentai show. Okay. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the one of the characters uh, who's not on your team but is an important character in some endings is uh, named Kanji Abo uh which is definitely a reference to Kenji Oba who was uh <laughs> who was a stunt actor in some of the one of some of the sentai shows in the 70s and then became a regular actor for uh for two different shows I know he was the black ranger in one show and the blue ranger in another show and he's and he's done cameos in the 80s 90s 2000s and 2010s he's a he's a beloved sentai actor <laughs> Uh, huh. to, uh,
1: after doing all those stunts, he was black and blue. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Ah.
0: <laughs> uh, uh. But he, he, well, yeah, uh, he gets extra respect among uh, among extant actors since he's been a stunt worker and a uh, and, and a performer. So um, people really like that guy. And uh, and he and he was also one of the main characters in the Metal Hero series, which I, I will talk about briefly because r- remarkably, that factors into the story of this game. <laughs> um, Perfect. <laughs> And I, I guess I mentioned it a second ago, uh, there are three story paths in Chroma Squad that uh, are, are distinctly different, surprisingly. Like, a game this silly almost feels like it, it doesn't need branching story, but it it does have branching story paths that are specific references to tokusatsu shows. Um, but uh, 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 leading up to it, uh, sh- should we go into the branching paths or talk about the story at large a little bit first?
1: Um, I, maybe we should start with the story at large, unless you have any
0: objections. No, oh, no, I don't. Um, mm-hmm. all right. The game is divided into seasons, and in the first season, you're basically your team is trying to find their footing. And uh, it, I think, near is is the Doctor Soap fight near the the at the end of that one.
1: I believe so. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And uh, it, the the end story of that one is that the Doctor Soap, the uh, director that you quit the show of early in the game, sues you and eventually fights you and then in this in the second and third seasons, you meet a mysterious figure named lord gaga who uh <laughs> who refers to you as his little monsters and has his own little pop uh, music theme.
2: <laughs> oh my God, his theme is great
0: yeah <laughs> but yeah, uh he gives you an item called an audience booster that's gonna, that's supposed to boost your signal and improve your audience but uh what it really is is a mind control device that is affecting the uh the the actions of your lead character that your' quote-unquote red ranger even though i don't think it was a red ranger for any of the three of us Mm-mm. um <laughs> i had the blue ranger as the leader for the uh for uh for this one but and i forget it's the, the, this...
1: the lead starts getting arrogant and uh insisting on taking up all the screen time and is is quite argumentative and not very nice to the rest of the team
2: and doesn't like the awesome pigeon strong-arm lady friend of the assault oh, come on role. yeah seriously and I think
0: I think they must have lifted uh, conversation directly from forum arguments because <laughs> I've seen it so many times where people complain that the Red Ranger gets too much attention in Sentai it at shows. It, it's it's a very <laughs> common complaint that sometimes I share and sometimes I think people are over overblowing it. But like having an entire season be about a red ranger with too much focus is is pretty great uh but it, it well, it's ends like a- it's like the
1: red m&m you know you, you mm-hmm. want to see that sexy green one but uh mm-hmm. it's just always <laughs> that red guy
0: yeah and, and like like i guess little kids like the red ranger because they because they get the most story and all the coolest moves and stuff but like people that really appreciate the, the shows you know it's it's always about the side characters like, like yeah, oh like- man what why aren't there more blue ranger episodes
1: the protagonist has to be the most uh, uh, plain to lead the team with a level head, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, yes and no. Like uh, okay, the case, I, ho- I don't want to get too inside baseball here, but um, uh, Sentai Reds are sometimes a sort of like you know normal leader like Boy Scout Goody Two Shoes type, but sometimes they're also a you know screaming shodan Fireball type, oh, <laughs> which, yeah. which I uh, which I don't prefer honestly. Like, <laughs> but. Uh, but no having a a season of this game be about a like the red get ranger getting too big for his or her boots i i uh i enjoyed that quite a bit and um i and i and i, and I i'm sorry, not the red ranger the lead ranger and my lead ranger was a uh, was portrayed by a beaver i should say i guess
1: <laughs> oh, i thought about hiring one i hired I the beaver
0: as the main one I really yeah shouldn't. but <laughs> yeah mine were uh the beaver the basketball player the uh the scarlet johansson stand-in and then uh, uh two of the two women that were good with uh that were good with melee attacks for my assault and scout but mm-hmm. yeah I, I had the beaver as my lead as my lead ranger awesome so it was a little bit amusing seeing this uh you know uh, the, your lead ranger turn into a diva and it's uh and my lead <laughs> ranger was a cartoon beaver
2: <laughs> i uh i really uh, i almost made my lead the robot mm. almost <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, the the, the, call
1: in this the, game.
0: the actor selection are amusing. Um, but it, it turns out that Lord Gaga is not helping you. The uh, the enhancement device that he gave you is to control the lead ranger's mind, and uh, what it's also doing is opening up portals to um, outer space, so Lord Gaga can bring in his invasion fleet. He is a he, an evil space conqueror of sorts. And at, around the same time, you realize that Cerebro the uh, the device that you found unplugged in a warehouse is a defend is a uh uh you know some kind of interplanetary um mm. hero that uh that fell to lord gaga in some earlier um uh battle and uh is and is but you revived him by plugging in his cerebro machine so <laughs> and and but somehow even though everything up until now has been stunt work and fake because they believe in themselves so much and maybe Cerebro's giving them powers, now their Chroma Squad powers are real to, <laughs> to, com- to combat Lord Gaga's real monsters.
1: <laughs> as in, as even th- though it's a worldwide crisis, they still uh, film it and put it out as a series mm-hmm. of the show. Yep. Yeah,
2: you've, you've got like the team in the background of every fight, but, like the guy with the camera and the like, other guy with the <laughs> oh, yeah. like on the edge of the screen.
0: I love those guys. They remind so, me of, um, of one of my favorite PS2 games, Guitar Man. Where uh, which also has some Tokusatsu influence in it, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. in, in in Guitar Man, you always have your three musician backup people playing like 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 playing cymbals and triangle and whatever that follow you in every single uh, in every, in every single um, song and and battle that you do in that game. Uh, but yeah, having your ever present um, recording studio guys even when you're like on an enemy spaceship is is a, a very amusing detail. <laughs>
2: And I like how everyone at the beginning assumes that Cerebro is just like a, a fancy prop, sort of like a you can input text and it produces the speech. And <laughs> Cerebro spends like more than a season acting like a text to speech prop. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: You start getting some hints start getting dropped early on. Like you'll you'll get some some emails. I think that are like, uh, uh I there's something weird about this. It's able to turn itself on. And yeah. um I w- I was kind of hoping they were gonna like. <laughs> do something with with Cerebra being a villain but they they didn't in the end but
0: still. Uh, uh, Cerebro's the good uh um mentor character and Lord yeah. Gaga is the villain for the most part and and yeah and like I guess towards the in later episodes or later seasons the plots get a little bit more si- a little bit more sinister like they're uh, like you know turning people into stone and uh the the, the dancing bear was or no, the, 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 no, the dancing bear trans. No, the, there was a transforming bear.
2: Yes, the, right. The dancing oh. bear transformed it, and they were describing it as sort of like a.
0: That's what it was.
2: Almost a computer bug, actually, which was interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I was confused by, by multiple bears, but it was just a transforming bear that turned into the dancing bear. I can't believe this is a real thought that I'm having. <laughs> but uh I guess we should go into the uh where the story branches now here because uh at during the fourth season um you rescue a young woman named tammy in one of the episodes and uh but then later it's revealed that tammy is from a long line of uh of heroes defending earth, but lord gaga has brainwashed her and uh and you have to fight lord gaga alongside tammy and also amusingly your uh your techie ranger has a crush on tammy but uh, anyway later they uh Tammy reveals that she's from a uh, a long line of super, of superheroes that have been defending earth uh the K- Kanji Abo character is her father
1: okay. and
0: um and, and uh, but I think you only meet Kanji you don't meet Kanji in the Tammy path you uh you meet him in the Metal Hero path um but the uh, I think it's at the end of season 4 beginning of season 5 there's that fight against Lady Gaga and Tammy and you get three ending paths depending on whether you uh whether you defeat Tammy first or defeat Lord Gaga first and uh, if you defeat Lord Gaga first you can choose to have Tammy join the team or you can tell Tammy to go home mm-hmm. so so those are the, the three paths the tammy path the tammy go home path and the defeat tammy path so uh, um, and each of those is a specific tokusatsu reference that I'll talk about in a second but um which path did each of you take uh, starting with you Hillary
2: I did the Tammy join the team sixth ranger. Path. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. and and then Rob, how about you?
1: Uh, well, I bungled um, because the now if the descri- if if the choice said Tammy go home, uh, I wouldn't have picked it. The choice is side with Cerebro or side with Tammy. Oh yeah, oh. All,
0: yeah well, well so know... Cerebro was telling Tammy to go home though. In the uh, okay, in the story. I guess yeah. I,
1: maybe I just wasn't paying attention, uh, and um, so I sent Tammy home, and then I got. Um, storyline with some rangers from outer space, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I bet she was the sixth ranger. I really should have had her here." <laughs> but it's um, it's one save file, and you can't go back, and um, so uh, that that one is uh, lost in time like tears and rain. How about you, Mike? What did you do?
0: Um, this is my second time playing the game, so the first time I sent Tammy home and and got uh and you know teamed up with one of the space sheriffs from out of spa- outer space, but this time I did the ta- the Tammy sixth ranger path, and uh. It, it, those two paths aren't that meaningfully different um if you do the tammy path she joins you as a sixth ranger she has some martial arts skills and in the final battle uh she you know um she reaches nirvana or self actualization or something and and is uh, and is very and uh, gains a lot more power for the final battle but and if you do the the uh space hero route you get to choose one of three um like war, uh, basically basically uh someone from outer space comes to help you and you get to choose between one of three one like one is a healer one's a one has a lot of defense and one has a lot of attack and uh then but then for the final battle the other two you didn't pick join, uh, join for the uh um for the end game scenario and uh, and I should mention that um the 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 tammy path is like a traditional super sentai show where around the midpoint a sixth ranger will join the team and it's usually they're usually different and cooler than the other than the other five and or has has a special skill or a cool mech or something like uh, famously the the Green Ranger in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh-huh. was was this was sixth ranger on the team. Yep. Is that his name? Yep. Yeah. Tommy. And in in the Super Sentai version of of that season, that was the first time they had ever done a sixth ranger. So oh, groundbreaking. Yeah. So it, it it was a groundbreaking thing. And 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 the th- I guess that was the '92 Super Sentai. So. Almost every season since then, 25-plus seasons, has, has followed in, the, in, a, in that path. So a sixth ranger definitely became a very common trope. That is usually exciting and welcome to fans. <laughs> but um, one of the other shows that Toei produces in the tokusatsu genre is called Metal Heroes which is they they aren't quite as attached to the same traditionalism that Super Sentai is like each metal hero show is pretty different like one year it was a it was ninjas fighting yokai in a castle one year it's a, or several years it's it's you know it's like space sheriffs fighting intergalactic things but uh, but th- the space hero route is a clear reference to um tho- to those shows if you uh let's see if you were watching Saban adaptations in the 90s um VR Troopers and Big Bad Beetleborgs are both adaptations of Metal Hero shows. Oh, okay. I've
1: got that theme song in my head now.
0: <laughs> I am I am sorry. <laughs> Cuz Big People Bad Beetleborgs them. was weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember one of those was I think was one of those based on the in the, in particular the Space Sheriff uh s- season or am I remembering wrong?
0: Oh, I don't know. I I've I've only seen mm-hmm. parts of one or of uh, one or two space uh uh metal hero shows, and I haven't finished any of them okay but i i i know the the one where they were all uh beetle robots was the big bad beetleborgs thing and i th- and I think v r troopers adapted more than one show i'm not, I'm not exactly sure how they how they all work effect, huh? yeah but um the 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 very first one of them was called space sheriff Gavan, and that you see you still see that the Gavan characters show up in in toei's recent shows
1: uh-huh
0: uh, but uh so yeah the, um those two story paths are based on the traditional sixth ranger and metal hero and the the path where if you def- where you defeat Tammy um if you do that then uh, her father comes and tells you what uh and and offers to help you in your quest because uh because they're from a family of heroes defending earth but in the first episode of season 5 all of your characters get kidnapped by Gaga except for your assault ranger and and uh, and after one and after like an initial fight where you team up with Tammy's father, he gives you a transforming belt and a motorcycle, and you uh, do an entire season fighting as the Solo Assault Ranger, um, which is a, you know, a reference to the Common Rider TV show that Toei produces. And the motorcycle, yeah, the motorcycle and belt give you a a very powerful buff and uh, a lot of extra movement and the ability to act I think to act two or three times in a turn. And it's uh it's more challenging than the other modes, because you you also have to really work on keeping your assault. You don't have any healers and uh, and only some amount of self heal. But it's a it's a pretty cool, pretty different story path, <laughs> uh, where the, where the assault ranger has to rescue his uh his or her companions. I, I wish
1: I went for that one. It sounds like the most interesting.
0: I haven't done that one either, but I uh I I, I know it's supposed to be harder than the other ones, and I didn't want to compromise my playing time for this podcast even though i ended up yeah. finishing with a with with like with a plenty of time to spare this game is a, shorter than i remember it's only about nine or ten hours uh but i i may well visit, visit it and do that path at a later time because i didn't i did enjoy playing this a second time
2: yeah i really want to too i, I mean there's a new game plus option and everything to mm-hmm. yep try it out so i was also reading a little bit about the different difficulty settings and they it's interesting because they're pretty like pretty clear suggested paths for the different difficulty levels. Like I think this, the sixth ranger path is suggested for some of the, some of the less challenging ones. And then I think that that middle path where you get the three extra space law enforcers (laughs) is suggested for the higher difficulty levels, which makes sense.
0: Yeah. The, the, the metal heroes are stronger than Tammy, I think. And, And it does make the final battle a little bit, um, a little bit easier. And, uh, Rob, you mentioned at near the beginning of the episode that you found the last couple of fights quite challenging and I'm, and I'm with you. There's a weird difficulty spike right (laughs) at the, at the last Lord Gaga fight and at the, uh, um, at when you fight Gaga's commander and, um, I, I kind of love the fight against Gaga's commander because uh, he has the gimmick of he never uses a weapon more than once, so, so th- there's a bunch of servant, <laughs> servant <laughs> monsters carrying weapons that run up to him, and then he'll, he'll kill one and then use the weapon they were carrying for a special attack, which I, I thought was a little hilarious, but also you know, quite mm-hmm. powerful in one of the more challenging fights in the game. Uh, what were your thoughts on, the, on those late fights?
1: I had a terrible time. Um, I, oh. Despite having the the metal heroes, um, I uh, I did not have an easy time at all. Um, those final two fights, in particular, are where. Uh, I think bosses just keep spawning, and yep. it's really just kind of like a battle of attrition. And the Gaga one to... has has
0: way too many summoned bosses. After
1: oh, a... it's <laughs> horrible. Yeah,
0: after a while, it's like I need to stop. I, I uh, that one took me a second try. Is like it was the only time in the entire se- in the entire game I had to use it. It's like okay, when he starts summoning these guys, I need to just ignore most of them and hammer on Gaga to end the fight because I I cannot handle this level of reinforcements.
1: Yeah, that that gets a big old F on game design uh, from me um that it just kind of felt like a a way to artificially um have uh have a challenge without it being uh particularly meaningful uh and then the final final battle it wasn't quite as bad as that especially when i figured out um the gimmick which was that the uh what was his name like emperor x or like lord x or something
0: oh so some um. extremely generic villain name <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> um I when I learned that uh once you gang up on him, it'll eventually teleport to the other side of the the arena, I um you know, I I'd, I'd split my teams into two effectively so we could mm-hmm. uh surround him and and pull off fancy moves on him. But it it was still pretty challenging. Um yeah, in a way that was slightly more less less annoying than the than the battle that preceded
0: it. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I like the final fight a lot, especially since it does a very sentai thing of him you know transforming into a second form that's uh that's you know more unchecked power but kind of more monstrous mm-hmm. uh you know also it looks doing that's funny too yeah <laughs> i like it I, I i liked the gimmicks and the pace of that final battle um but also i i guess we haven't even talked about it yet there there's mecha fights in this game
1: yes yes well, God, how did we miss that i
0: i i'm <laughs> a little shocked that we managed to ignore that but uh you know you you build your mecha as uh, as you upgrade your team uh, but you do so with cardboard and you can you can customize the torso, arms, legs and head to for for different stats and different appearances there's a, a lot of a lot of fun goofing around to do with that but um several episodes are punctuated off by mecha fights which are very different from the uh uh from the um the strategy gameplay for the fights on foot So, uh, uh, Hillary, could you give us a a brief description of how the mecha fights go and also your thoughts on them?
2: Okay, sure. So, basically, like you said, the mecha fights usually happen at the end of a series of points in an episode just to kind of be the final finishing touch, really big, exciting portion. So your rangers will call on the power of their mecha and then you'll suddenly get a nice view of the cityscape. The monster usually has a final... they do this because the monster has a final form that's also giant, you know, kind of like kaiju size attack. So you have to use the mecha. And then it becomes uh, a different almost kind of a different sort of style where you can choose to attack and then you have to time and hit the mouse button to get in there's a bar and get in the range to perform a successful attack. The golfing. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um and with defense, it's pretty similar, but you have kind of a shield symbol and you try to time it so that the size matches. And and then depending on how you customize your mecha, there, there are different special attacks. Like I use the laser beam one a lot. And the idea is to use attacks to get the opponent's health bar down it'll it actually there's a series of three usually where it'll go down all the way once and then you get a little bonus and you because you've knocked them back and then they'll come back and you have to do it again and yeah
0: yeah they'll have multiple health bars and every time you <laughs> re- eliminate one health bar uh they'll uh you'll knock down the opponent and you'll get a free turn afterwards hmm. and um there's a lot of Strategy to customizing your mech to find out what you know to determine your skill loadout,
2: mm-hmm. but there's
0: much less strategy involved in actual fighting. It's, it's basically just, <laughs> yes. just, just just attacking and defending mm-hmm. and trying to get the knockdowns. Um, and, and you can attach your special move, your finishing move, to your torso or to your left or right arm.
2: Yes. And uh,
0: I, the strategy I use is I just improved my hit percentage as much as I could mm-hmm. just to make just to make that mini game of uh, like that golf minigame easier. And And by the end of the game, like it was uh my first three hits were in, there wasn't even any red space on the bar <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, and, yeah, I, and the- you know, I would just punch on them and punch on them with my high hit percentage until I could get a knockdown and uh that was basically my strategy they' i don't i I didn't even have to defend unless there was director's instructions for any fight except for the final fight, which is uh, right, which because- is way harder than the other mecha fights in the game.
2: yeah, true. So yeah that hit percentage is really important because uh, the director's instructions are often you know get a combo of x number of hits and and the hit bar gets smaller and smaller and smaller.
1: Yeah I couldn't get that uh 10 hit uh, director's instruction in the very last battle. I yeah, I, that was I rough. Got, up, got up to 9 but I couldn't make the 10.
0: Same. I did get the hit bar up to 10 but I I had maximized hit percentage <laughs> over every yeah. other stat for my mech so nice. I was I was I was uniquely equipped to do that. But it, but it, uh, I think the the mecha fights are. I mean, mindless is the wrong word. Um, I I uh, I think that the strategy gameplay on foot's way more interesting. But I it's I like, do it's
1: like a QTE to to break up the um, yeah to, to mix them up a little bit.
0: But I have to say, I love the drama of it because every yeah. you, every hit you do, they zoom in on the monster more, and uh, <laughs> and they there's just they just try to put as much drama and as much like you know panache into the mecha fights as
2: they can. They do. Which... You get the little like colors in the background. They mm-hmm. get brighter the more you hit
1: you get these onomatopoeias in in uh in uh, uh katakana uh popping up on the screen
0: oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's uh, it it was like the it's mecha cool. fights are fun and cool to watch but the the actual mechanics of them where you're basically just playing that you know playing a golf mini game to try to click in the in the yellow or white portion of the bar is was mm. you know less interesting
1: Oh I I couldn't really imagine another way for them to do it I mean, right. especially looking you know with within a small budget and with limited resources um so uh I'm I'm happy that they did it that way instead of just adhering to um uh a strategy battle that would have had like the same mechanics but yeah you know a 1v1 I
0: I don't know how to make it better necessarily but I am glad it's mm-hmm. different and I do love the uh um the visual choices and the style of the mecha fights
1: Mhm Big chunky pixels looks nice
0: Oh
2: yeah, (laughs) it's pretty great. Like you get a series of these, you know, big transforming monsters. So, like by the by, the last couple mecha battles, the the team is just sort of like, oh right, of course, there's another final form. Okay, mecha time. (laughs) How much time did you all spend talking to the narrator after the credits rolled?
0: Uh, quite a while. No, no, yeah, it, it um. I, I yeah. The, the narrator has a very long conversation with you that is sometimes just silence. But if you click through yeah. it, if you click through it enough, you do get a, a bonus scene. Yeah. Um, where you you uh, see Cerebro in his uh, in his original form.
2: Before he was a brain in a jar. Mm. Oh, I missed it. I missed it.
0: So, Hillary, what does what does Cerebro look like?
2: Um, he's sort of, a, uh, I don't know how to describe him, but he's kind of like a really large. Cute creature, kind of in a cowl. Oh. almost looks almost looks bear-like, but not quite.
0: Yeah, I I I thought, I thought he looked like sort of like a like like a giant hamster or something. Yeah, but uh, like, which was a, a and again a, a very interesting choice made by the developers. But but it was uh you see Cerebro. I'm speaking to a, a former team that he was leading, and uh, and then you see Lord Gaga defeat him and and confine Cerebro into into the machine that he's in for most of the game. Hmm. But you, but to get to that scene, you have to click through narrator dialogue after very lengthy credits for several minutes. It's a. Uh, I don't know how I missed that. It, it it goes on a while, so it's it's it is a little bit easy to miss, I guess.
2: It does, and there were several points where I almost stopped because it was kind of like, okay, really, you can stop now. The, the game team is done. You should be done, too.
0: <laughs> so, a lot going on in this game. Uh, uh, starting with you, Rob, what, what's sort of your overall impression? Is it positive negative, neutral?
1: Uh, it's, it's mixed. Um, I, you know, as I said, I enjoyed it almost all the way through. The final battles I found um, pretty annoying. Uh, on the whole, I like. I, I don't want to be too critical because it's obviously a lot of love went into this game, and, and these these guys know. Uh, they know their source material, and it's it's a it's a loving homage to that. But as a whole, I think Chroma Squad is maybe like only partially successful, um, because like I, I felt that it was referential without being like particularly like clever or or transformative. A hench and a go go. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that like replication is one thing, but I think it does like it does have very very limited appeal. And I mean, those who it does appeal to, it will it will probably appeal pretty strongly. But um, I think that maybe they could have done a little bit more with the concept, and maybe something maybe a little bit more subversive or a little bit unusual um, that just w- wasn't wasn't quite there
2: for me.
0: All right, and uh, Hillary, how about you?
2: Um, I can definitely see what Rob is saying. I I'm going to say that my overall impression was positive, just because I had so much fun with it, and I really did enjoy going back and forth between the different types of gameplay a lot. I I kind of appreciate how all of that was mixed together. I think they did a good job with that. It's also it's also I don't know. It's it's definitely referential, but I think I'm at the point where I'm interested in kind of learning the references. So for the point where I was, like, I don't know, I kept my attention.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll have to send you a a viewing menu of some Tokusatsu <laughs> shows to watch after sure. we're done, after we're done recording, Hillary. <laughs> sure. But um, I, I see where both of you are coming from. I mean, as a fan of the source material, I enjoyed the references and appreciate the um the earnestness that um that the game has. It, like, it feels they were really going for it. And I think they were mostly successful in capturing what's fun about Tokusatsu. Like like sort of the goofiness and earnestness mixed with real drama and somewhat interesting stories. But I, I basically agree yeah, with Robin, the, the um the the writing is a little bit weak in this game. It's um like like they, they got jokes and sometimes they were funny, but like the I would say the individual it's script kind of meme me. Yeah, yeah, the individual script is fairly weak and um they yeah. they could they could have gone further in uh in uh in parody or uh or satire that and they and they really don't but um i i do have to say i enjoyed this game a lot it, it uh and but part of that is built in from me being a big fan of sentai and tokusatsu already and having a game that celebrates that celebrates those with earnestness and mostly non-broken gameplay was uh, a
2: yeah. satisfying for me yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it—that it's kind of a celebration rather than anything else. I mean, there's not very
1: many Tokusatsu games out there, and I mean the yeah, ones I mean, there are—I mean, you know, yeah. there's there's like the, the bad Ultraman fighting games that oh, yeah. you in, a... in the back of EGM to order for a lot of money. But there,
0: there are a few Sentai video games. There's actually more Power Rangers ones than Sentai ones, but yeah, like the, the, the they're very limited like and, and in terms of
1: quality it's almost you know this is probably one of the better ones
0: my my favorite one is one of the NES ones that has a very amusing 8-bit rendition of the of the opening theme in the opening menu but that, that, but when the best part of a game is the opening theme in the menu it's like that doesn't you know <laughs> that, that's not the most ringing endorsement necessarily and mm. uh and i mean the ultimate tokusatsu game is one that rob referenced a few minutes ago uh beautiful joe which is basically a Common Rider parody where uh where your spe- where your special moves come from zooming in and doing poses and doing uh, and like speeding up or slowing down the camera which are tokusatsu tricks that every that every film and TV show in that genre uses um hmm. so uh like but uh and also there's a lot of video games including several RPGs that we cover that have sentai or common rider references uh, uh Tokyo Mirage Sessions which came out a year or two ago has one of the characters uh, who is, you know, who you're working for a talent agency in that game, but one of the characters, his dream is to be the main character of a Tokusatsu show, and if you complete his side quest, he becomes the new main character in the new rider or, or masquerader uh, T V show mm-hmm. in that game.
1: He, he starts off as just the villain of the week, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, you
0: know, he starts out as a villain of the week and then but then if you continue his uh, his his quest, he eventually like the, the ending of it is, oh, you're the new main character for the next season. Well, which which I head. thought which I thought was very sweet. It was yeah, I, I appreciated that subplot. But yeah, like again, Chroma Squad does not have the highest production value. Um the writing isn't great. There's plenty of weaknesses that you could look at to pick the game apart. But I think that's I think that it's earnest and non broken and mostly mm-hmm. funny, which is enough for me. Yeah. So I could give listeners my Top five recommendations for Sentai and Rider shows, but then we would lose all of our audience. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. so I, I, so I shall refrain from doing so.
1: Is that one for the show notes?
0: Yeah. <laughs> sure. One for the show notes. I'll, I'll, I'll see how many, <laughs> I'll see how many Jetman ref- references I can sneak into the show notes. But uh, we have been Retro Encounter, and this has been episode 119. Uh, next week we have a very special episode celebrating the felines of RPGs. This is a sequel to our um to our popular dog episode from 2017. So we decided in 2018 to do an episode all about cats. Alana's hosting that episode and I know she was very excited to talk about kitties and RPGs. So that should be a lot of fun. And following that episode, we're going to do two episodes about Valkyrie profile in the month of February. Uh, I I think, yeah, both of you signed up for that one, didn't you?
1: That's right. I think I'm hosting that one.
0: Right on. Okay. I guess I I suppose we've not recorded them yet, but those are coming. Those are coming in February. And also, uh, the Lunar New Year begins in mid-February, so we're going to do a special Year of the Dog episode in in February all about Okami, which is a game that is, is in a way, a celebration of the, of the Asian Lunar New Year. And so we're going to have a special one-off Okami episode to celebrate the Year of the Dog, 2018.
1: You, you asked, we listened, we're finally covering Okami.
0: <laughs> you know, it's sort of a weird thing. Okami is one of the games that we argue about the most on whether we should cover it or not um, we being RPG Fan as a site but uh, I guess like like the current leadership and the enthusiasm among staff for Okami is such now that we all decided to cover Okami like sure why not you you can go ahead and, and uh, email it in, email in to us or comment on our boards on RPGFan.com or visit the RPGFan.com Facebook page and tell us that Okami isn't an RPG and that's fine but we're going to have an episode on it anyway
1: it, it totally is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in addition to commenting on the boards or visiting the Facebook page, we are also on Twitter at RPGFan.com. And we would appreciate it very much if you reviewed us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever, you've, or wherever you're finding us if you're using a podcast venue and not listening directly from the site. Um, you can also email us at retro at RPGFan.com. So uh, starting with you, Rob, um, if listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they do so?
1: You can find me on the boards as Towns car Marty for play in town and car. And you can find me on Twitter at MisanthroBob. Um, let's uh, uh, transform and roll out. That's not Sentai at all.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Sometimes they do say Hushin, like a, like a roll out when they, when they yeah. summon their mecha. It's, it's, it's in, <laughs> oh, nice. do in a couple series. But, <laughs> but unlike Kamen Rider, where Henshin is the, uh, is the transform phrase for every Kamen Rider series, they, yeah. do, they do a different one for every Sentai. Okay. So it's uh, say sometimes it's Tenshin, sometimes it's Henge, sometimes they just say change in English. It's uh,
1: <laughs>
0: like like uh, my my favorite Sentai show, Go They yell, Gokai change.
1: Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Portmanteau.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> so Go is the pirate season, and it's it's pretty excellent. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Hillary, if um listeners want to get in touch with you, how do they do so?
2: Uh, best way to get in touch with me is on the boards. I'm EP Fire there, and yeah happy to discuss happy to learn from any sentai fans that might be out there
0: oh no well i I, there probably aren't any sentai fans that (laughs) listen but just in case there are yeah um bug hillary on the boards for what show she should watch you should watch next (laughs) and uh for myself i am monsoon on the boards i am monsoon mike on the rpg fan uh Discord, which I forgot to mention earlier, they, we do have a Discord. It's called RPG Fan, and I believe it's an in invite only. So if you want to get an invitation, just go on the boards and ask for one, and you shall receive one. Um, my Twitter is at the Real Monsoon, and I have a special second Twitter at Evoker for Dogs, which is only for rants about video games and Tokusatsu, pretty much. So if you want me to, you know, like, uh. I don't know, complained about the most recent episode of common writer build. That's where you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> to that's listen the one that mm.
2: useful information for this episode for sure.
0: Oh yeah. But good I on. think, I think that's about does it for our social media and for Chroma squad. So thank you very much, Hillary and Rob for joining me for this episode, everybody. Thank you. Good night. And good luck.